0: Welcome to Think Orphan, the podcast for orphan excellence. A real talk with real people navigating the global orphan crisis. Let's join our hosts, Phil Dark and Rick Morton. Welcome again to the Think Orphan podcast. This is Rick Morton, along with my co-host Phil Dark. Um, it's been several weeks since we've been with you guys, and and uh, a lot has transpired. We, you know, announced on our last episode of season seven that we were. Going to be taking a little break during COVID nineteen and and really just kind of letting things settle a little bit and and little did we know how much was going to change in the world over um, the course of a few weeks and and so we tonight want to start today with a uh, just with a conversation between Phil and me and uh, talking a little bit about. Um, just some of the things going on in our world, and uh, and and what it is that uh, that maybe we in the orphan care community can you know can do to respond, or maybe even just a little bit of how we feel and how we think at this point. So uh, tonight's going to be a real open-ended discussion and just uh, conversation between the two of us, and uh, and and we hope you guys will will join us. We'd love to hear your feedback. Love to hear your engagement with this, because I think we're all still just really, you know, processing and, and, and trying to take in and understand a lot of the things that are going on in the world around us. Phil, how are you?
1: You know, I think that just the tone right now is is indicative of how a lot of us are feeling. And I'm, I'm definitely included. I'm just, I'm tired. I'm exhausted. Um, as you said, processing, thinking a lot about these issues, reading stuff, um, learning about uh, what I don't know um learning about things i thought i knew um and just making sure that the convictions and the and the you know beliefs that we talk about and we hold that I, that i know really what i what i believe right and in a lot of things uh and just to, to understand of different conversations with different people um you know including you know my wife and my kids and and it's been, it's been a very interesting time, you know, and it's, what's funny about that is I didn't specify what I was talking about with my kids and my wife and other people and studying and reading on, but I think everyone has in their mind, imagining what I have been depending on whether they are listening to this and you know what, it's been all those things. And, you know, and so much of it is just, it's just very, it's very consistent with a lot of what we've talked about for the last several years we're going to talk about that a little bit later but before we get into that I mean even just saw there a second ago you know well before I get into any of that right obviously if you're watching the video of this you know that we've now gone to we've decided during this time since we did the COVID-19 series video conference or the video conference series we realized that there is a value in the in the video side and it's really not that difficult to do and that's something that COVID nineteen has shown us that we can do this video stuff and it doesn't have to be pretty and doesn't have to be edited at all perfect and and you know what, that's a good thing because neither Rick nor I are pretty. So, you know, I I uh, I'm excited for it, you know, and, and uh it's something that we're, we're gonna offer to you. And as we get going, we may do it such that we offer part of it only on the video. So we encourage you to go to that and you see the conversations and if there's certain parts of it that you don't wanna see and the audio was enough then that's cool too but we want to offer it for those people off also YouTube offers a ability to get to a different audience and people that might not otherwise listen to podcasts and so it just offers up the possibility of subtitles and all kinds of different things that are that uh, audio alone cannot do so very excited about that but as we get into our conversation for today you know I, I really want to just read something that I wrote recently and it, it, it's something that when I write, I think my my clarity sometimes is, is more. Now you're like, why are you to even do the podcast then if your writing is better? Well, I think that, you know, there's certain things that when I write, it's, it's just more concise. Um, and I don't want to get this wrong by saying something that I didn't mean, which my wife tells me I do more than I want to. So um, I'm just going to read this and then I'm going to have Rick. Respond afterwards. So what I wrote was one problem with the memes videos and other social media posts as well as the media coverage out there about complex issues is that they oversimplify the very nuanced and complex issues and then confirmation bias of the reader slash viewer takes over The reality is that the incredibly complex and deep-rooted issues covered by anything on social media or by the media will only be addressed through deep, honest, vulnerable, humble, and repentant conversations and relationships by all involved. And those conversations and relationships need to lead to heart and worldview change and systemic change on all sides if we have any chance. The reality is that we are in a world full of brokenness, broken systems, broken worldviews, broken families broken communities, broken relationships, and so much more brokenness. All of the brokenness is interconnected and most of the issues we are facing today are symptoms of deep-rooted issues. We have to actually address the root causes which require all of us to dig deep into and address our own brokenness if we have any chance to actually repair the greater societal brokenness. As with all of my online posts, because I had posted this online, this post falls short because it, with many of you, is not grounded in relationship and actual civil dialogue based on trust, respect, and relationship. But I thought I'd share a bit of my perspective to hopefully spur on more real-life conversations. Oh, how I wish we would have these really difficult conversations in person with people different from us on a regular basis. That would go a long way to addressing many of the issues we are facing today. Rick, what do you think?
0: Man, first of all, um, I think you, I think you captured uh, a lot of the feelings of a lot of us. And, uh, you know, just the, the last couple of weeks have been full of um, a lot of questions, a lot of sadness, um, watching events unfold before us, um, seeing injustice played out, you know, in front of us over and over and over again, and Um, and I think the fatigue that you, that you confess to is, is a fatigue that we can, you know, we can all identify with. Um, not the least of which are our African-American brothers and sisters and the, the level of fatigue that, um, that they are experiencing, um, after years of not having their perspective considered um, not really um, you know experiencing those things in in a way that has that has led to change that has led to you know in enduring difference and so um, you know these have these have been these have been difficult days Um and, and I, you know, Phil, and, and, and you and I talked offline um, a lot about this over the last, you know, several days. And I, I think I, you know, I, I must confess coming, coming to this conversation just with a great sense of, of brokenness, um, with a great sense of, of concern, but, uh, but really feeling like, uh, like I've really possessed very few answers. Um, and 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 very few ideas at this point and uh, and and so it kind of leaves me in a place where where I feel like um, the uncertainty and the things that I that I don't know um, I I need to be driven toward the things that I do know and and so the things that I do know that are that are important in these moments you know part of what i do know is is the sufficiency of Christ and the authenticity of the gospel you know i know that 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 jesus accomplished his work and and that there is freedom and salvation and rescue from the middle of all of this mess because of what christ has done and because of what he has accomplished and that our hope is our hope is not in in this world, our hope is not in the, the, the even even seeing the reconciliation of the brokenness in this world. Our, our hope is in, you know, is in the next. And and that is, you know, that is that is both incredibly hard to get our heads around, but also incredibly comforting in the middle of a world where we stand around and don't see much of anything that seems, you know, that seems like an answer. Um, I think, you know, you and I have for season after season um, and guest after guest and conversation after conversation talked about the necessity of collaboration. And that is an appropriate conversation in this moment. Um, we, we will we need to engage um the injustice and and the brokenness and the lack of value of the Imago day, we need to engage those things together in community. Um, and and I think one of the one of the really uh, the toughest things that we are experiencing in the moment is that COVID-19 and 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 the resulting effect of that has really served to put us at greater distance from each other. It, it's it's served to to further isolate you know us from each other and that that that's both a, that's both a physical separation and, and social distancing but I think there are emotional consequences and there are emotional results of that and that that has done nothing but but deepen the the divide and 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 bring more stress and bring you know more intensity to you know, to the things that we're experiencing. And so, you know, there's a, there's a mixed, there's a mixed feeling, I think, in, in the midst of this, that one, you know, just, in just profound sorrow over overseeing people that are at, at a distance and at enmity, seeing people that have, you know, that have, have, have lived with uh, systemic oppression and people that have lived with, you know, with, with, with great difficulty, um, you know that in in and and in really inequality and, and and a lack of justice but I think at the at the by the same token um, just this this profound um, this this profound sadness over the over just this the stark realization that um, us being at a distance from each other has, has created a moment and that, and, and, you know, and I, like, I hesitate. I'm even, I'm even, I'm even grasping for words here, but, but, but I will tell you that that on, on the other hand, um, it, it, it's good. It's not good. It's, it's appropriate that we're digging into these issues and we're in a place where we can't run from them. And and I think that, that that in large part has you know maybe been catalyzed somewhat because of the tension and the distance and the things that have happened in our society and it's reframed those issues and so as much as there is a there is a profound sadness and a profound hurt over those things um, there there is there is a part of this this discussion that I think um, you know talking to many brothers and sisters in the African-American community that, you know, they're, they're also saying finally, and, and, and they're, and that this has served to, you know, kind of catalyze and crystallize this moment. And, 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 and so if, if, so now is the time, now is the time for this conversation. Now is the time for us to sit down face to face and knee to knee and to, and and to really talk and to really delve in and to really not shy away from the difficult things to, to hear the hard things about ourselves and to hear the hard things about our blind spots. Now, now is the time to do that. And, and we have, we we have, we have a responsibility and we have a stewardship to not let this moment pass and to, and to not allow, um, to, to not allow ourselves just to move on and to, and to get over this or get past it, but to, but to really engage and to really seek justice. Um, because at the end of the day, that's the other thing that we, that we really, we really agree about. We agree about collaboration and, and we agree about the need for justice and that ultimately, that justice is found in, you know, in Christ and in what, you know, what Christ has done and that we, we have been given this, you know, second Corinthians five ministry of reconciliation kind of opportunity to, to speak the gospel and to live the gospel in our culture, you know, in a way that, that, that brings about restoration in a way that brings about healing and but we're only going to learn to do that together. It's not going to happen. And, and, you know, respectfully, and I said to you yesterday when we were talking about this a little bit, that, that I think we've, we've become, we've become very comfortable because we are living at a distance from each other about, um, you know, lobbing things on social media and and about having, uh, and it's, it's time. It's time for the, it's time for the church. It's time for people that are concerned. It's time for, it's time for us to get off social media and to get with each other and and to commit to not just defining issues and not just talking about them but doing things
1: that will that will lead to substantive change. That's right. Yeah, man, I mean as you said, you and I have been talking about this a lot and We purposefully are not going to have a a really, really long conversation about it today because, quite frankly, as you said, we don't have the answers. We don't have really any answers in this point. I mean, like, except the idea, as you said, that we are created in the image of God. We are image bearers. No, that's not a plug for Herbie's book, but now, now it is. It's, um, but it's but,
0: a pretty good thing for people to to pick up in the in the midst absolutely, of this in Absolutely, of this crisis, we, so I will say are that.
1: Image bearers and we are you know, there's a there's a quote that was at uh, a conference I went to this week. Albert Tate said, When we say black lives matter, he's a he's a black pastor, a leader in the in the church, and he said, When we say black lives matter, we're not talking about the organization. Rather, it's a declaration of the Imago Day that's inside of every single person, no matter what their skin color is. And as I, again, I want to read this because I texted this and I, and I thought, you know what, this is this kind of, is my heart in this situation. I said, yeah, that's the message we need. I was texting back and forth with a friend and I said, yeah, that's the message we really need to be focusing on. It takes the politics and debate out of it and it focuses on the fact that we are all image bearers who are in desperate need of God's love and grace. When we really understand and believe that reality, we can then truly listen, understand, build relationships, forgive, reconcile, and lock arms together to work with Christ to make all things new. Shalom is impossible if we are divided and if anyone believes he or she is superior or inferior to another for any reason. And it was something that, as you talked about in there, are those ideas of collaboration and justice, right? Making things right which is what, why we do what we do, right? It's why we have these conversations. It's why this podcast exists. It's to say, how can we lock arms together? How can we work together? How can we love each other, build relationships with each other, trust each other, get vulnerable with each other so that we can actually work together to do things? Because if you don't have trust with someone, it's really hard to really listen and empathize. And I mean, you can empathize, I guess, But to really deeply understand, to really deeply understand how you've hurt someone potentially, like for them to care enough to tell you, that's gonna be trust. Otherwise we're just talking about monolith. Otherwise we're talking about stereotypes, otherwise we're just talking about generalizations. But in those relationships, we're gonna be able to know how we can help each other. We're gonna be able to know what we can do. We're gonna be able to know how they can encourage us and love us. It's not a one way street. It can't be. Never has been. And that goes to everything we do, right? All the work that we do. If it's not rooted in relationship, it's gonna burn out, it's gonna fall off, it's gonna fail, really. And the first relationship is the relationship with Christ. And and I know and understand if you're listening to this and you don't have a Christian worldview, you're probably you'd probably turn it off by now, quite frankly. And, and if you don't understand that, I pray that you understand. I pray the Holy Spirit captures your heart. Because that's our only shot, is to understand. And in that worldview, there's absolutely no room for racism or division based on anything other than, you know, really the only division is in, in Scripture is who believes in the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior and who doesn't. Right? There's neither Jew nor Greek. There's neither male nor female. There's, you know, in, in the kingdom... There's no distinction as far as the image bearers. And it's that message that's going to create that heart change. And I know people have been saying, and I agree, it's not just, oh, heart change and everything's going to be solved. No, there's brokenness. But if we come to it, the systems are broken because human broken human beings have created those systems. And if we just say, well, all we need to do is create new systems, we'll figure it out. No, we won't. Those will be broken too. And so again, I don't know the answer and I don't like doing this where I say, oh, there's a big problem, but you know what? That's the beauty of our worldview too. (laughs) It's it's not our problem. God knows these things and he's created us and he loves us and he is working with us and the Holy Spirit will guide us to do what we are called to do. And I, I so far have not heard the call from God that I'm supposed to solve the race crisis, the racial divide, issues with racism. I'm not called to solve all the orphan crisis either, by the way. But it's together with people like you folks who are listening to this, with with you, Rick, with with our brothers and sisters, and, and people outside of the church as well, right? It's not like, oh, we just hang out with each other. No. It's loving everyone because we're all image bearers. And the fall happened and there's brokenness. Because we start with that and then go, okay, so what does that look like? What does that mean for us? Well, that's where that... Humility comes in. right? I, I don't know. And that's, that's an okay answer, by the way, guys. It's okay to not know. I love that answer when I don't know. Because that, that does so many things. First of all, it shows the other party that you're struggling with it. And you know you don't know. You're not trying to just look good or figure it out or whatever. But it also reminds yourself that I don't know, but you know what? And if it is an important question that you should know, it means I got to do some re- – I got to go read some stuff. I got to go talk with some people. I got to understand this, right? And if you hadn't thought about it, then wow, that's, that's another, you know, kick in the butt. So that's really what I'm – you know, like I said, I'm struggling through this. I'm really – you know – I'm reading books I never thought I'd pick up. I'm talking to people about things, but that's one of the great things too, I think quite frankly. Well, one thing I want to say before that, I get into that, the, the the other brokenness that we haven't talked about, you you mentioned it, but you alluded to it. We've had brokenness of community over the last couple months. Everyone says, oh, we've been meeting, the church doors aren't closed, we're meeting online, we're doing this, 200 more people are hearing the gospel than ever, we're going to stay online. I get that. Okay. The word is being heard. But there's brokenness in our community, our face to face community, our in person, our understanding each other. And what are they How much of communication, depending on who you ask, 75, 80% is nonverbal. You can only catch some of that on Zoom. Right? This video is better than just audio, yes. For some. But in person can never be can never, ever be replaced. So that's that. And then you know, I, I just will always, um, yeah. I'll just leave it with that. I'll just leave it with that. Yeah, you know,
0: one of the places that I that I just keep finding myself drawn back to in, you know, in all of this is um, I keep I just keep finding myself drawn back to the Book of Ephesians, and you know, really thinking about what what Paul was doing in Ephesians and who he was writing to and you know, and, and, and what the, you know, what the Holy Spirit led him to write. Um, you know, he was, first of all, he was writing to a group of people that were dear to him. You know, some of, some of Paul's letters uh, were written to churches that he didn't know. Romans, you know, he'd never been to Rome. He didn't really know him. He knew about reputation, but he had this call. Uh, Ephesians was way different. These were people he'd spent years with and had invested in deeply and, you know, and, and you see kind of the way that plays out in the end of Acts, and, you know, even the, you know, calling of the, of the Ephesian elders to him and the way that he blesses them and warns them about, about challenges to the church and wolves that are going to come against them and all kinds of things. And and, and when, you, you know, when you unpack a, a lot of what's going on in Ephesians, um, man, I think it's so much like our world today. Um, and I think it's so much like our churches today that um that you've got a really disparate group of people who are coming from different traditions, different ethnic backgrounds, different perspectives of of what's, you know, what's right and wrong culturally and what's appropriate and those kinds of things and and it it was a breeding ground for you know, for strife. And, I, and, and it just kind of leads me to think, you know, Solomon was right in Ecclesiastes 1. There is nothing new under the sun. And I think one of the things for us to maybe remember in all of this is that when, when we're feeling rudderless, when we're feeling like there's, there's nowhere to turn for answers, when we're feeling like um, in a what's a very chronocentric way of thinking that we're the first people to go through something like this. All we have to do is turn and look at history and particularly look at, you know, the things that are unpacked in, you know, in the word of God to say, this is not a different day, you know, really than, than, you know, than days past. And, you know, and just seeing Paul, especially like in chapter four, where he, in Ephesians, where he starts to get really practical with the church. And, you know, and he talks to them. I mean, you mentioned humility. He talks to them, about you know walking worthy in in a of the calling you know the, the, to which they've been called. This idea that, and and he's saying it to him. I mean, he says I'm a like I'm I'm a prisoner in the Lord. He's basically saying, look, I'm getting ready to die, and so I'm going to say the most important things to you. And the most important thing is, um, like, press into the calling that's been placed in your life. Like, trust that, live that out and he says do it with humility and do it with gentleness and you know and I man I watch the news and I watch the the things that are that are transpiring in our world around us and I see I see the anger and I see the strife and I understand it like I get the anger on some level I haven't experienced it but I but I get it I get the I get the understanding of that but there's but there's also something that he's saying in the in the church like let's be different because because Christ is empowering us to to do something differently let's outdo one another in showing honor you know and 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 and, and then you know this idea of of you know bearing with one another this idea of like like laboring with one another. Um, you know, he talks about having patience and it, you know, it reminds me of a story and this is, you know, I hope this is not too cute for the serious moment, but but like there was, I mean, I remember years ago hearing a, you know, kind of a preacher story about, you know, this guy that goes to an older pastor and he says, you know, I want you to pray for me that, you know, that I would, I would have patience. And so the pastor says, yeah, I'm going to pray for you right now. And he bows his head and he says, he says, Oh God, would you bring great suffering into the life of this brother? <laughs> I guess like what, like, what do you do? I asked for patience. I didn't ask to suffer. And, and, you know, and what the old preacher knows is what, you know, is what we ought to know. It's what Paul says in Romans that like suffering brings about patience. And I think we, you know, we learn, I, man, what can we learn? And, and how can we grow and 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 what's to be to to be to be profited in in the in the patience of our African American brothers and sisters in this moment and what what they've borne through and what you know what they've suffered and that's not a that's not an excuse for us to continue and to prolong that suffering but it's a but it's a it's a moment to say man let's let's stare deeply into that and and let's let's strive for that same that same value as as we seek to, to to engage this and to see you know image bearers honored, um, and and that the whole point in this is that in the church, like we need to be, and and what we should be striving for is a unity that looks different than the rest of the world, and and that even in the in the midst of the you know the the great difficulty that that we face that the world would look at us as Christians and say, um, you know, you're, you're, you're different in the way that you're handling this. And, and I think, you know, very, just very transparently and very judiciously. I mean, I probably said more in this podcast than I've said about any of this in the last, you know, the last several weeks, because I, because I really feel in my spirit that the biggest thing that guys like you and I need to do is just be quiet and listen. And, and to, you know, and, and, and to, and to learn and to grow. Um, But at some point also, I think we have to, we have to come to grips with the fact that it's not, it's not enough to come together. It's, it's not enough. It's not enough to listen. It's not enough to empathize. Um, at, At some point, we've got to realize that there are some things that are broken about our world that are that are not reflective of the character that resides in us because of who Christ is, and that we have to be active about seeking difference. And uh, you know, and 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 that and that that's not somebody else's job; it it it's ours.
1: Absolutely, you know, and, and I I just want to piggyback on what you said, you know, because this is I talk with some people about this too, like. And it could it could sound wrong, like it could sound like what I don't mean, but I am going to say it because it's important for us to remember. We got to be careful again to be to really believe what we say we believe. In James, it says, "Consider it pure joy when you face trials of various kinds, not if you face them, when you face them." In, in Matthew, the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus is you know if people say like, "Let's follow Jesus," right? What did Jesus say? When you are persecuted. Blessed are those who are persecuted, when you are persecuted, right? Like, it talks about that, and it talks about that's a blessing. Now, again, don't hear what I'm not saying, but because what I'm saying is that we're going to face it, and that's what God, again, this is a Christian worldview. If you don't believe that, then that's, but I know that there's been some, like, that is something that I, I, I wrestle with. As you said, you don't you don't ever want to pray for suffering. You don't ever want to pray for patience, right? Cuz you know God's going to give you things to be patient about. You don't ever want to pray for these things yet. It says it clearly in James. That's when you're going to grow. That's when you're going to grow to maturity and completeness. It's in the context of that. So these times right now are there's all kinds of suffering. Going on, so you know, are you are you dealing with it personally? Maybe, maybe not. But people are around you, and if we are to truly be mourning with those who mourn, what does that look like? And what can we learn from it? Right. And 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 I said I've been reading a bunch of stuff. Like actually, that's kind of a lie. I've been reading different things, a lot of things. But like what I've been reading the most and just spending the most time is in the word as you as you were talking about I've been I preached a couple sermons during this time and and I just thank the Lord that I have because it was on Psalm 121 and 125 and, and both of them really basically say the same thing and At the beginning of Psalm 125 is those who trust in the Lord are like Mount Zion which cannot be moved but abides forever right it's resting in the Lord right it's it's the you you're not going to be moved by all these things because you know the truth right? Psalm 121, I lift my eyes up to the hills, basically the hills being all the idols and all the things that people worship. He says, but where, where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth, right? The creator God. The rest of that Psalm goes through protector. God is our protector, right? As we're doing this work, if we're not grounded in that truth, we're going to be like shifting sand, right? The, you you know, build your house on the rock, not on the sand. And that, that's basically what Psalm 125 is talking about. Are you like Mount Zion, which cannot be moved? Or are you like the sand, which is going to be moved by every shift, every wind, every new thing, every fad, every politician that comes in and says something? Is all of that going to change you? Are you going to freak out depending on who wins the election? Or are you going to be like Mount Zion, right? Scott Saul said something that, that, that really he... he Tweeted something recently, and it was, If you're honoring the whole Christ, you'll be too liberal for your conservative friends and too conservative for your liberal friends. And Tim Keller's been preaching things like that for a very long time, and Scott Saul's worked under him for many years, so it doesn't surprise me that he wrote something like that as well. But it's purposefully, I'm not saying that to make this political. To the contrary, this should never be a political thing. What is biblical? What is true? What is right? What is honorable? What is worthy? Those are the things for us to focus on. Right? And here's the thing, as you said, listening. I also think asking questions more than we're making declarative statements is something I've really been challenged with actually earlier today in a conversation I was having. To not feel like, you know, and and for me, it's really easy for me to shift into debate mode, to shift into, I want to be right and I want to share with everyone why what they're just saying is, is not qu- it's missing something and they just miss something. They're missing this. You know what? Most people don't want to hear that right now. Even if you're absolutely right, even if what I had to say was 100% right. And, I was, and my, my, my beautiful, brilliant wife has reminded me of that again the other day when I did that in a conversation. So to ask the questions rather than telling them about some theory or something that makes what they're saying wrong. Ask the questions. And then you know what? There is a time and place, going back to Ecclesiastes, right? There's a time for everything. And there is a time for truth-telling, right? We need to tell truth in love, but this might not be that time. Truth-telling is really, really important. It's what we try to do on this show every episode. But it's at the right time and after you've earned the conversation. Social media is not a place to be spouting off all your quote-unquote truth-telling. So I just want to encourage everyone right now. I Right now is a time to learn. And I want to say, for those of you who are Professing a belief in Jesus Christ as your Savior, I encourage you and I plead and I challenge you to, to really know what that means. To know what you believe. And the way you're going to know that is by reading the Bible, meditating on the Bible, as it talks about in Joshua, meditating on it day and night, right? Offering your body as a living sacrifice. And in allowing the Holy Spirit to not let you be conformed to the patterns of this world, which will happen if we don't offer our body, if we don't surrender, but to transform you with the renewing of your mind. And I and neither Rick nor I intended this be a sermon, but it apparently became that. But you know what? That's the truth. And if we're not going there, it's going to be shifting sand, and it will be changing, and there will be justice will be a moving target. And if we're talking about justice, it's making things right. We need to have a right. And that's only going to come from Scripture. That's, that's it. And so if you know Scripture, when you know Scripture, then and only then can you put everything that you read, everything that you listen to, everything that you watch, all the conversations you have through that filter of Scripture, And if it's not consistent with it, then it's not truth. So, what do we? Where do we go from here? Right? I mean, I think you said it. It's it's, it's a it can't be a check the box thing, right? You can't make statements. Oh, I'm I'm against injustice. I'm against that. Don't be this. Right? Everyone said, you know, I'm hearing all over the place. It's not just good enough to not be racist. You have to be an anti-racist. Okay, what does that even mean? What does that look like? And I want to put it in, I want to get away from that conversation right now because I want to go to what we talk, what we're talking about on this Think Orphan podcast, right? The injustices that are going on. Making things right means that the injustice is sin. The injustice is things that are wrong. Brokenness. What does it look like for us to engage this in our own ways? we've said this over and over and over again. Not everyone's called to adopt. Not everyone's called to do foster care. Not everyone's called to go on trips somewhere and, and work overseas or work in different places. Not everyone's called to go right down the street even and, and go get super involved in somewhere. But we're all called to love the oppressed, to to fight the cause for the orphan, for the widow, to defend them to visit them. What does that look like? Tweeting, Facebook, Instagram posts, I got news for you, that's not what it's talking about. That might be part of it, but that's not where, it can't end there. It can't end by you talking to somebody at church and, or saying, you know what, somebody at my church has a ministry that loves the orphan, so check the box. That is not what it's talking about. And I don't know exactly what it's talking about for you, but I think if there's one thing that this time is teaching us, it's that it's not enough to just sit back. It's not enough to just not get engaged and not get involved and not understand because when you don't things will happen that you that you're just missing the boat. So anyway, Rick, what do you what do you think, man? Yeah, I just man, so?
0: I, I think um you know, I'm 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 drawn back to think about the think about Jesus and the model prayer. When he was when he was teaching his disciples to pray, um, the thing that he that he modeled for us that we should be praying is for for his kingdom to come and his will to be done. But that's that's right here, right now, and and that happens because of the transformation of the gospel. It mean it happens because because we leverage the things that we do in orphan care and in everything else in order to to be able to point people to Jesus and the healing that's found in him. But it also, it also happens because those of us that have been made over by Christ, um, do things. (laughs) We're active. We do things that, that cause the world to reflect the, the peace and the order and the, and and the and the characteristics of of Christ and and of what this world was created to be and we're always going to live in the presence of sin until Jesus returns we're we're going to we're going to live in the middle of brokenness and there's always going to be that ache of of it's not quite right but that doesn't absolve you and me of the responsibility of being of being active and and seeking the conditions of the kingdom now and that's what we should be pleading for in prayer but it's what we ought to be working for and and that's what that's what this podcast is about it's about manifesting that and doing that with vulnerable children and with vulnerable families and and about about seeking to to bring reconciliation and justice to them but seeking also to bring you know, the good news of the gospel to them. And, and I think, you know, I think a big part of the, a big part of the wrestling, I think for me in the middle of this is just the realization that, um, that for many of these issues of justice, it's, it's not good enough to have an intellectual assent. It's not good enough to say that these, you know, these things are right and wrong and I hold that conviction and, and, and I, and I believe those things like we have to be ready to, to do things, to, to walk that out. And, 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 so engaging in conversations that help us to identify really what those, what those blind spots are and what those injustices are, and then, and then working in, in collaboration with, with others who, whose viewpoints are probably a little bit different than ours, but their, but their commitments to to Christ and the gospel are the same as ours in in order to say, um, like, how, like, what do we do to act? Um, and, and I, you know, I pray that history will judge us and history will judge us in this moment as, uh, as the church and, and the people of, of Christ who, who, who made a difference and, and, and who were agents of change. Yeah.
1: Now what you said there I think is so fitting back in I think episode 100 with Kurt Thompson where he said the most innovative, the most beautiful things come from when we work in community with people and in collaboration with people that we're most different from. And that's confirmed with not just like oh that's subject no that's like the brain activity is off the charts basically when you're working with people that are different from you. Right And, and, and I, th- I just go back to James where it says, you know, do not be just hearers of the word, be doers of the word. And so we've already gone much longer than we thought we were going to, but I think it's it's good because I think again, I, I'm glad this is on video too, because I think you'll see here we're wrestling with this with right alongside with you. And that's what we're really trying to do with this show with this, with this podcast, not just with this episode, but with this podcast, it's to wrestle with these really hard, nuanced issues that don't have simple answers that require collaboration, which require working with people different from us to come up with imperfect solutions in our world because we're imperfect people, but to work nonetheless, to know that God will work through us. God will give us discernment and wisdom beyond our human capacity. If and when it's his work, he will give us what we need to do it. And so I, I for one wanna keep doing it with you. <laughs> I want you guys to engage this conversation. I'm hopeful that you know this this medium of video will give us an opportunity. We're also going to be putting out transcripts of the of the of the audio and, and the video um on the show notes. So so I have it's it's long time coming. Um I don't know that we're going to be able to go back and do all the past episodes, but we now have a transcription software that's pretty darn good. So I I never wanted to transcribe unless it was going to be good enough to not have all kinds of mistakes. Um and we don't have a big budget, right Rick? So um we uh we got to we got to do it on the on the inexpensive side. So, um, but we have that now. And I'm hopeful that that will allow us to have more conversations, whether it's on on social media, which, again, as we've as we've talked about, has very a lot of limitations. But what I'm hoping more than that is it has conversations, as some of you have done, just reach out. And I'd love to have phone calls with you to talk through these issues. Um, email conversations, not ideal, but, you know, usually what I'll do there, you ask a really long question, tough questions, I'll say, hey, let's hop on a call. Um, and we can set it up and, and, you know, that's, that's what, you know, we're here for. We want to have those conversations. That's what, it's what we do. It's why we do. it. We don't do it to just talk to each other. We do it so that we can start conversations. This is not the end all be all conversations as you sure as heck know from this conversation today. Um, but what we hope to do is it'll spur on other conversations. It'll spur on people to love and good deeds. That's, that's really what we're hoping for. So, um, You know, before we just kind of bring this episode to a close, Rick, uh, just want you to, any parting words, anything to share, anything on your heart that you got left to say?
0: Yeah, man, just, um, really continue the journey with us. We want to hear your feedback. We want to hear your thoughts. Um, it, it, it would be, it would be our, you know, our great joy to engage. And, and so, um. So let's do that, and and let's let's just you know we the, the tired and weary and frustrated and all um, we we do not have the luxury of quitting, and so um, so let's let's take the gift of each other and uh,
1: and and really press in. But that's it. Yep. One thing I want to point out. We have we've always had Facebook we've had um, e- email info at thinkorphan.com but I encourage you if this is something if this is a, a conversation that y- you've been a part of, you want to get deeper in the conversation um, We haven't really done much of a newsletter in the past but I want to change that you know and I want to start doing more of a email newsletter. So if that's something that you want to get go to thinkorphan.com. And go to the contact page. A pop-up will pop up unless you have a blocker. So undo the blocker. And a pop-up will pop up. You can just put your email address in there, and you'll start getting the email uh, newsletter. And in there, we'll have, you know, obviously talking about the shows that have come out, but just other little articles, things that we find that are helpful. Um, And the hope is that you'll be able to engage the conversation there as well. So um, once we get kind of a critical mass of, of people on that newsletter, we'll start, we'll start getting those out. So hopefully if you hear this and it's something you want, go do that and hopefully that, that list will grow and it will be something that we'll see as a, a great value add. And so it really will be once we'll start doing it, once I see enough of you saying, yeah, this is something I want, the way you do that is to go to thinkorphan.com and uh, fill in that, uh, that field on the contact page. Also on that, on the website, you know, as a reminder, the video conference series is still up there as well as all the other almost 150 episodes we've done. If you haven't listened to them, they're timeless. They're not, they're not, this is the exception to the rule where it's, and this is still timeless because these issues, unfortunately, are not going to go away. The COVID one, maybe that isn't timeless. Hopefully it's not timeless. Um, but, uh, but all the other ones, there's stuff that are going to apply whenever you're doing whatever. So thank you out there. For being part of the conversation, thank you for um, just everything that you're doing for the kingdom. Thank you for uh, continuing to challenge us with your with your emails, with your conversations with us to keep doing what we're doing. And uh, I just pray that we use all these things that we're talking about on this show, things that we're reading, watching, and uh, we're using them to help us to love orphaned and vulnerable children better and better each and every day. Thanks a lot